0: Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall, and this evening we have a very special guest. He is from the Brick Tournament and uh, Free Play for Kids. We'd like to welcome back to the Two Months Podcast, Sonny Sakan. Sonny, how's it going? Going really good. How about you, Josh? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. You know what? I can't, uh, you know, there is obviously some tough things going on in, in, the, uh, in the world, I guess, and you know, overseas and and all that. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm here at work and just plugging away here. But uh, obviously the NHL started up in a day that I think we would all uh, be happy for and love and stuff. But the unfortunate news, there was uh, some bad news in that aspect today that kind of took the the wind out of the sails, I think, for the NHL. And I think the guys on TSN – uh, you know, our friends at TSN kind of covered it pretty good on insider trading. And that was the, uh, you know, in June, uh, the NHL went away sunny from, uh, you know, having pride jerseys. And I think some people maybe were not, you know, were okay with it. There still are going to be pride nights, but also the other situation was going to be uh you know, okay, well, we could still have the pride nights and the pride tape will still be there. But uh, the news today that the NHL broke, Sonny, was uh, we're not going to allow uh, pride tape. And there was a three page memo that went out to the players. And Bill Daly said that the players also signed on this too. But we haven't heard from Marty Walsh and the Players Association yet. So we don't exactly know where they stand. I know Bill Daly did a, some kind of an interview with uh, Slim out of Vancouver, I mean, out of Calgary. So but uh, the fact that the pride tape will be banned um, in warm-ups for the hockey players here in the NHL is not good. Uh, I just kind of wonder where your thoughts are at this because obviously it's just something that's near and dear to my heart and you know my story and a couple years ago of how things kind of shaped out for me and me kind of opening up um, about my, uh, my personal views of this and where I aligned uh, with, the, uh, with this great community that uh, brings a lot of people together um, and in my love for the NHL. But I kind of wonder where you are. And a long-winded question. Um, where are you at with this?
1: Yeah, um, I guess like short answer is I saw the news and my first two reactions were like disappointment. Um, you know, lots of friends in that community, family members in that community. Um, so disappointed for what they've bought for um but at the same time like i was like not in the least surprised um you know you and i have talked at length before on this podcast uh over the years that in in, through sport that you know we love this game and we love everything about it we want uh we want more people to be playing it we want it in more countries we want different looking players but we we kind of like hockey doesn't seem to be able to get out of its own way sometimes it's like we find, we find ways to trip over ourselves. And um, so I, I guess I was disappointed. But, you know, part of me also can understand, like, you're, you're putting on a product, and it did become a bit of a distraction. Like, what was it, like, seven players didn't want to wear the jersey last year? Yeah. And so they have a – the reaction is, okay, well, we're going to end it for everyone and not just for Pride Night but for all theme nights. So <clears throat> what's really unfortunate is, like, you know, the strides that are made in that community. Now we're talking about like not being able to celebrate the military, Black History Month, indigenous uh, celebrations, South Asian celebrations, Lunar History celebrations. So all these things where they were making headway and I would argue probably revenue are just like by the wayside because, you know, five or six, seven players didn't want to do it. But again, I get it. I can get that the league wanted to get this under control, I guess what i hope to see in the next couple of days is like all right so this is what's the league mandate is um but now what has the league also prepared uh what what spaces has the league created for players to support those causes like what are they is there infrastructure for you know joe smith on dallas or adam west on seattle uh yeah. to champion those causes and stand up for them and mm-hmm so yeah like long-winded answer is uh disappointed but not surprised
0: mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's it sucks because it's a game that like you know i come we come on here and we talk about like how much we love this game but then we also talk about how far the steps are made and we hate having those conversations because no one likes having difficult or tough conversations and you know we had a tough conversation yesterday that yeah, clay and i on a pod and, You know, kind of what's going on in some minor hockey rinks right now, and some tough conversations there where the right decisions aren't being made and the right procedures aren't being put in place. um, You know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, and I know these are younger kids and kids make mistakes as everyone makes mistakes, but when there's an opportunity to learn a lesson, those things aren't happening in the minor hockey level. And we're like in 2023, and, you know, and I, you know, I'm in construction. that's my background and obviously this hot this podcast is a side hobby in it you know it's something that's gaining a little bit more traction that we're trying to do and you know just before we hit record and you know people that didn't hear it and it's great words by you but you're a part of this because you've been on this podcast for many times now it's you know, we're trying to change the game of hockey of how it looks, how it sounds, um, how it feels um, through this podcast, you know, through interviews with NHL players, NHL, you know, managers. We just had, you know, Mitch Love, who's a current assistant coach behind an NHL bench. Um, you know, we've had, you know, multiple media members and, you know, it's uh, it's like the game takes like two steps forward and then it takes like five steps back. And it's, you know, I, like everyone can go online and see. You know, the comments from, you know, uh, guys like uh, Erasmus Anderson out of Calgary, um, Brad True Living, who's the current general manager for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, saying that this, did, this now gives us motivation to make sure the Pride night that we still can have is the best and, and greatest night of in the history of, you know, the celebration nights that we have because, you know, we still want to be able to celebrate it in a way. But the fact that the NHL kind of went out with this is just it's kind of shocking, um, you know, cause it doesn't make those that are a part of this, you know, community feel like they're a part of the game. And uh, you know, that's the last thing you want, because, you know, I, I do know players that, you know, have said they've played with other players along their career, um, you know, that are, you know, gay or bi or trans or, or whatnot, you know, I'm not saying just NHL, it's just, it's across the board for a lot of different leagues, but yeah, I don't know. They Just we hope that there's more education. Like we see how, like it's weird because like you, you and I both play ball hockey here in Edmonton. Look at the strides ball hockey's made for, for this. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll give Kudos what Kudos deserves. Like Steve Weber and, and Gabe Nader and, you know, Jeremy Klausner and ball hockey Edmonton have done a huge thing on accepting this in their game you know, and they're the number one ball hockey league in Edmonton. And it's translated to, you know, Matt Louie with Alberta, with the Alberta provincial program. Um He's, you know, an ally too, in this. So I don't know why, it, where, where do you think things can go on that?
1: Yeah. I, I like, I like the ball hockey one, I think is like really, you know, I'm 37 now. I think I started playing when I was 17, so 20 years. So it's, yeah, they've, it's come a long way from like hearing, a chirp that might have seemed okay at that point to like, now you're going to get suspended. So like, I think those guys are, they've drawn a line in the sand, right? Like it's, we are for everyone. And if you're not, then you know, you're going to get your warning if you want to call it that, which is a suspension. And then there comes a point where they're going to just question if you should even be in that league. And if that's a grassroots ball hockey league, that's showing that kind of leadership, like, Again, kudos to those guys. But like Steve and Gabe and like they run a they run a good show, so I'm all, not all that surprised. I think, you know, in the highest levels going back to the NHL, like I do think that you're gonna see like like the NHL has come down and they've made this ruling. And I think that, you know, obviously they're the the body that governs the 32 teams, but those teams, they their first obligation is to their fan bases. And so I I, I think that teams will find ways to support. So I I feel positive about that. Like, you know, I know the Oilers are going to continue to do things like their heritage night schedule is jam packed. And so they'll find ways to navigate this without getting in uh, trouble. Yeah. Um, But like, you know, your comments about Rasmus Anderson and true living, I think that's like what you need. Like, you know, I was having this conversation a bit earlier, like I don't want to talk about any current players, but like, let's just say like, I don't know, like Gretzky's still playing and, um, you know, Gretzky's still playing in the height of his career and the NHL says, we're not, no one's allowed to use pride tape. You know, he's the perfect guy with the perfect platform to like throw pride tape on and play like the entire season with it. You know, it's finding the right guy at the right time to do what he personally thinks is right Yeah, for his personal beliefs. And say, like, you're not going to squash my personal beliefs, like the same way that those players didn't want to wear the jerseys last year, so they didn't wear them. Great. You didn't, you allowed them to do that on their personal beliefs. Well, you're not going to do, you're not going to quell my personal beliefs in putting the tape on. But, you know, that's where it's like, you know, we've had this discussion too. It's like, um, hockey culture is different. Like, you know, Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James, all these guys, the personalities are a bit different. So you know we'll see we'll see where it goes but like i just hope that i hope that the strategy from a league perspective is like about more about how do we empower the players to support these causes yeah um rather than like expecting it to be mandatory because uh yeah like it, it again it would be super disheartening if you were from any of the communities that are being celebrated and the league is like at least at surface level not standing up and you know having those nights but i get like you know there's there's always more to it so i hope that i hope something positive comes but like like i said
0: we'll, we'll see i i definitely think there's more to it for sure you know and your personal beliefs can be your personal beliefs at the end of the day and i understand it you know like some of the conversations we had at work today was like you know it, it's uh you know i i support it but you kind of also don't want it rammed down your throat and, and pushed on to you and stuff like that. You want it to feel comfortable either which way. And, you know, and you know, I go to church now and you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a proud Christian and I love uh you know like connecting with my faith, but I still think everyone's acceptable in this world. You know, like I would I have no problems playing on a team with someone that's a part of this or, you know, someone that uh you know, you know, um, just, just recently kind of came out. And I think in the construction industry where I just said earlier is like, I think we've, and I said this to, you know, some people last week and the week before in our, in some meetings with my work is like, I think we made some strides in like certain ways, but I also think there's still so a lot more strides we can make in, in, in other ways. And I think we've made a lot of strides with you know, racism in in construction, we're seeing a lot more in my industry where there's a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds in this industry, carpenters, masons, laborers, you know, surveyors, um, you know, all that stuff come from, you know, safety people, these come from a lot of different backgrounds. So I think that's like, awesome. And we're not hearing like, the, you know, derogatory comments or the comments that are hurting. But we're still hearing comments like certain things you know, that come with, you know, the LGB2 plus community that is still tough. Uh, Things are still being said there that I guess there's more education that can happen. And I, when I was in British Columbia and, you know, compare Alberta to BC, there's a lot of different viewpoints there, but I had to go through, you know, I had to train over 3,500 workers in respect in the workplace training from a role that I was in prior to the role I'm in now. And it was an opportunity to educate people on such matters of racism. and the one, of the, one of the biggest things that I, that I had saw in a module that I did was a top executive in the United States said he doesn't he lost so many great workers Now that he looks back and sees like these courses going through, he spoke up and he goes, you yeah, know I lost so many great workers because they were being bullied or harassed or didn't feel treated right and uh you know i lost probably some of the best workers ever had just because they didn't feel like they were able to speak up or they were getting you know bullied and how many of those people just you know walked away from underneath his his company that he'll never get back again because they had a bad taste in their mouth and you know and i think it at the end of the day like you said this is comes with hrr which is revenue for the league you know these jerseys and the pride tape, like. These, these sticks that have the pride tape, they get sold on websites uh, that the leagues run, that the organizations run to support causes throughout. And now that that's going to be taken away, that, that kind of is tough, isn't it, Sonny? For
1: sure. And like, you know, my understanding, at least in, you know, in, in Edmonton is uh, when you do these these celebrations, like, you know, Edmonton, the 50-50 is uh, known league-wide, but, you know, they. The, the teams will strategically partner with organizations that could benefit from those proceeds. Right. So again, like, I'm not saying that they're not going to happen, but like, it definitely would take the wind out of the, the sales a little bit. And, um, if, again, and like, you made a comment, like, I, I hear that all the time. I mean, we're in Alberta, we hear it all the time, like, you don't want it forced down people's throats. Love, like, I get that. Like, I'm the same way. I don't want, um, I don't want to be pushed into something I don't want, but you know, I, in university, I took philosophy courses and this guy, John Stuart Mill, he had this thing like the happiness principle. And it's basically like you do whatever you want, make yourself happy as long as it's like not impacting me. So when you look at these nights, like, you know, I have a real hard time trying to understand how someone wearing a turtle Island Jersey or a, having rainbow colored tape on their stick or a purple jersey that's raising cancer is doing anything to impact my experience in any negative way you know i'm there to watch a hockey game and these guys are there trying to raise awareness and funds for other people that are there to watch that same hockey game and a cause that they're passionate about and i'm not leaving feeling any one way or the other about who I am as a person, you know what I mean? It's just, I think, uh, but I get it. Like I said, I mean, I, I get that perspective and, you know, I, I we've seen it in lots of different spaces, but I just hope that we get to a point soon where, you know, those conversations don't have to happen because there's been action and there's been ways. And like I said, I, I hope that with this, you know, sweeping memo that this isn't, there's no pride tape, there's no, sell, like the jerseys aren't a thing. At the league at the at the least is finding a way to to give those spaces to the players that want to support these causes right so yeah. um yeah it just sucks like you know we're, what is it 2023 yeah and i feel like we probably had this conversation 10 years ago yeah. and people probably had it 10 years before that but you know we're we'll keep doing what we're doing because the change has to happen so
0: yeah it does it does and like they said on insider trading tonight there will be a player that just steps over the boards in a warm-up with that on their 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 stick or their tape or their jersey or whatever um more sorry their stick um and uh that doesn't say in this memo that there will be any repercussions at that time but maybe there will be but it's which player is the first player that does it that steps over the boards and just says all right i'm, I'm doing this for the that community and we're here for you because you know the game has a lot of room for you and you know and you know it it, will transition over to kind of the here and now with that i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to comment on that topic um i know we kind of did
1: no no it's i think it's it's an important one but like again just not surprised just uh, still hopeful with it but uh just like i
2: said hoping they find ways to give that space to the people that want to champion it so All right, Mutz fans, listen up. So SeatGeek is an amazing app that helps you buy tickets in the easiest way possible. So please, if you ever need to buy tickets to any event, NHL, NBA, NFL, CFL, MLB, or concert tickets, click the link in our description and use promo code 2MutsPod to get 20% off your first purchase. That's 2MutsPod to get 20% off your first purchase. SeatGeek it's where it's at. This public service announcement is brought to you by our friends at CDN. Here's a crazy thought. Not all team wear needs a team logo. Stand out in the crowd and rep your team colors with one of CDN's hockey hats. Listen, these hats are phenomenal. We just got ours a little while ago and we've been wearing them nonstop. You know when you find a hat you love and you just can't take it off? Yep, that's how we feel with our CDN hat. Every time we wear it out, we get asked, where did you get that hat? I know what you're thinking. How can I get one? Cue the details. Shop online 24-7 at www.wercdn.ca and use the promo code 2MUTTS for 15% off your order. Again, that's www.wercdn.ca to get your new favorite hat and use the discount code 2 Muts at checkout for 15% off your order. Now back to the show.
0: Um, all right, so the here and now, uh, free play for kids. Uh, you know, you have Darnell Nurse that's with uh, with you guys as an ambassador um he's helping you guys out spread the cause um you know i think sean bell is a part of it there's a, there's a lot of great people that are uh, you know definitely helping you out and obviously darnell nurse was up for an nhl award uh for the, the king clancy last year um unfortunately our buddy michael Backlin won. So, <laughs> so uh, you're friends with darnell and i'm friends with backs but still a great thing that darnell is doing in the community and how much uh, people he's helping um you know what is for some of the people that are uh, new to us uh we did gain some new listeners and we got some listeners from before that have had you on but what is uh free play for kids and how do people get connected into this uh this great program
1: Well, actually, the second part first so easiest way freeplayforkids.com um you'll find like our website it our programming is like super robust there's lots of arms um so that's like the best place to go. You can also like contact me directly. I'm sure like my info will be linked. But then, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we have great people for sure. Bell's actually not with us anymore, but we still chat on it regularly. That guy's the busiest guy in hockey right now, I think. But uh, um, And then Darnell, yeah, he's he's been great. Um, free play for kids, you almost got to look at it as like sport is the tool we use to capture Kids didn't need us, right? Like when I first met Tim, he talked about you could almost do this with drama or music. Um, we choose sport because sport is like universal. Everybody wants to do it. But we're like the biggest arm of our program, Free to Play, is in 24 elementary schools. So we're in 24 elementary schools that are deemed like highest need. So these would have higher percentages of newcomers and refugees, uh, single income family homes, um families we're helping families that you know that 3:30 to 5:30 window where mom might have to cut out of work or not work at all it makes the biggest difference in the world like you know I'm a parent now I know daycare costs like you know 1200 1400 bucks a that's a lot of dough mm-hmm. um so if we can we're providing that for those families um every single day Monday to Friday um with a snack and a meal And the kids know that like the parents know the kids are safe. They can go and they can, you know, work and try and level up economically. Like that then pillars into team sports in junior high and high school. So, you know, what what happens when these kids get to grade six and they're still children and they get into high school? Some might make their school teams. Some might make a club team, but still super competitive. So, you know, we don't want them to fall behind or not have access. So we're there and we have... Wolves teams that compete in Edmonton Minor and Edmonton Youth Basketball and Edmonton Soccer. Um, We have a program called Welcome to Play, which is a daytime program that's specifically for refugees. So right now, almost exclusively Afghan refugees that we'll arrange for. uh, You know, two two or three of our instructors will take a bus out to the settlement house, which is one of the hotels. A bunch of kids will come in, can't speak any English. They come out to the soccer centers and they get to like you know, play different sports, get different experiences. And again, the, the knockover effect is that these parents get in this case, they get the time to process like what's just happened. Like this wave of like refugees that's going to continue to grow. Like imagine having to pro like deal with that. I can't even imagine it. Um and then the kids actually just get to be kids. And so welcome to play is interesting because it's super easy to say that in Canada because by and large we're privileged. Yeah. But if you come from a place where like you literally never had a safe place to play. Like it's like eye opening when you watch that. So um, you know that's like the long and short of it. So it's we're 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 trying to help kids and we're trying to help families that don't have access to the games we love, like hockey. And so yeah. um, our hockey program has grown. We're uh, uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty sweet. And uh, the connection that you guys have with Darnell Nurse, how is that, and how did that come about? I know you're uh, pretty close with him, and he's uh, he definitely means a lot to the, to the Play for Kids program.
1: Yeah, like so, Darnell was actually the ambassador at Free Play before I like made the switch to join that team. So I knew I knew him through my past life uh, with with Henry Singers, like um, you know, developed a bit of a relationship with him and so like seeing him as a part of this organization when I was you know deciding if I want to jump in just helped me feel like that was a even better reason to be there like if it's if it was good enough for him and the team and like it was uh it was so so I off I came, like off I went and here we are now and so he's been really great at you know being like kind of that linchpin uh connection to like the Oilers like they're mega mega funders and in Edmonton and area. So we've been able to have some of those really cool experiences for these kids with like Darnell and Zach Hyman reading, you know, the Scotiabank uh, Jersey book to them. And Darnell's come out a couple of times to play, uh, to play ball hockey with the kids and surprise them. So, and I think he gets it like, you know, like he's uh, he, he looks like a lot of the kids in our program. And so having like that guy that's, you know, I know he gets ripped on a lot,
0: probably unfairly, they're very, very uh, you know, as he said in an interview with Luke, Gaston, he's like, he's like every goal that goes in, it's my fault. And if the story yeah. in, uh, road is backed up, that's somehow, somehow his fault too. But
1: uh, yeah, like, like I'm not like, I'm not, I'm no analyst, but I've watched a lot of hockey and like, I know what a top four defenseman looks like. And that's a top four defenseman on any team in the league exactly. and yeah. plays, plays hard minutes against the best. But again, like he comes out, but more than anything it's just i think he gets like the power of sport like you when you actually talk to the guy and you know his fa- like his whole family is like incredibly athletic like his sister and like his sister's like a, like one of the best basketball players his cousins like uh, like it's and so it's just easy with him around right and like me knowing him a little bit from a past life has just made it easy like it's made it easier to like get him out to stuff and <laughs> but like like i said i think. uh more than anything for our kids in our program, it's just, it's one, it'd be one thing if like, like you or like clay are playing for the Oilers and you come and you're sitting there. Cause it's like, okay, here's another guy that looks like every guy that came before me telling all these people that look totally different, that this can be done. But it's another thing when Darnell is doing it, you know, and like, and it's like, you know, he, so that's like, that's always a lot of fun
0: to be around. It just hits differently in a way, right? Like it's, you know, I've heard like Anthony Stewart talk about what he does with his hockey equality program and, you know, the impact is huge. Like, you know, I think it was two years ago now, um, you know, there's only uh, 5.7% of the players in the NHL came from minority background that might be higher now and it might not be that much higher but it still might be higher and and you know there's many greats that are you know coming through a lot of different programs um you know so it, i think it's uh it's cool that you're giving kids an opportunity to uh to succeed um so yeah you'll uh send me those links we'll post them in the show notes here in the description pod so anyway, people can reach out to you or uh donate uh directly and help out that cause uh there would definitely be uh something pretty cool and we'll we're going to try something pretty cool with you guys throughout the future of our podcast here, you know. Um I know things have been busy but you and I will sit down. I know you've been helping us out too on the other end of things, so it's what friends do for each other, I guess, right? It's For sure. Yeah. Um is there any anything else you want to kind of plug on that? Um Yeah, like I mean like shameless plug right now is like our our food program like
1: it's obviously quite expensive to feed kids every single day yeah. and so we're we're uh, we're just like we're pushing hard right now for like relatively small donations like we're i just did an email campaign like we're looking for people to throw 20 bucks in the pot like 20, 20 bucks buys uh, like a food bag for a kid for a week and so uh, and it makes a huge difference right and like i think a lot of times people are like ah You know, twenty bucks. Like, what's it going to do? But it does a lot. So, like, uh, you know, if like if people listening can dig deep and throw twenty bucks into the free play food program, that uh, that's super helpful right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. For sure. We'll definitely. uh, We'll definitely get that out there, and we'll uh, we'll do something on our end too here at the Too Much Podcast to help out. So I think it'll be kind of cool to you know our sponsors have been pretty good with us and jumping on the ones that we uh we we have, and you know that's uh, great people like Sheena Boychuk and uh, CDN, SeatGeek, uh, you know, all these, uh, great sponsors we have are, are very helpful. And we're going through a bit of a transition right now, you know, didn't think Pyle still was going to go through what they're going through. And that's crazy. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're definitely thinking of those guys cause they are good people, but, uh, you know, definitely, uh, definitely a tough situation and, uh, empathy and compassion shown on that side. And, uh, like Elliot Friedman said in his, uh, his 32 Thoughts podcast about uh, probably two or three weeks ago, he said there's over 170 people that unfortunately lost their jobs through bile through bio still, but uh, find them, reach out to them, look them up on LinkedIn. Uh, maybe you can find a, a place for them in your organization because uh, that, uh, that's a, that's a blow that they probably didn't see coming at the, in their own right too. But uh um yeah no i think i think what you're doing is pretty good sonny i know you have a huge passion for giving back i know it was a transition period from where you were at at henry singer to uh to coming over here <laughs> but uh, yeah the the heart you have and the care you have and the passion you have to see uh to see people succeed is is a pretty uh is a pretty special one and i think there's uh there's not a lot of people there is a lot of people like doing it i don't know how much there is but there's a lot um you know there's nothing wrong with giving back and i think it's pretty sweet that uh you know we could uh there's so many people that could find different ways to uh to support some causes and and you know i i know just talking again like sheena Boychuk, who's been with us here for for quite a few months and it's uh it's pretty sweet to kind of see her passion and helping other others out too so uh so we'll definitely work something out and and the rest of our other sponsors, sponsors too. So, um, I appreciate that. Yep. No, no worries at all. Uh, so obviously you have a involvement at the brick tournament. It's such a legendary, uh, legendary tournament. And, uh, you know, so many great kids that play in that tournament, uh, often make it to the national hockey league. So, um, how, uh, how exciting was this past summer that you guys had? I know we missed it. I was at work, but, uh, how exciting was it? And uh, just kind of see some old faces again and get things back going. I know COVID kind of took a bit away from it. You guys had to make some up for the teams that did miss it. But uh, the opportunity you have to see these uh, these great great kids and some of the stories that transition over to uh, the NHL over, over the years you've been with this tournament.
1: Yeah, like this was uh, the first like normal tournament. Um, you know, last year we did the double tournament and it was... It was great, super happy for everything, but it was a lot. Uh, so this was like the first time I think like our whole committee was like, like the fun of it was all back, you know, like it wasn't 15 days living in the mall. Um, it was back to a normalized thing. And yeah, it was awesome. And like uh, it, it, it feels like over the last couple of years, it's like, it, it's like a hockey stick almost in terms of like the way it's been taking off. And that's, our social media team is unreal. Like the Lauren styles, like she's got her team with Casey and Delaney. And like, they show me like the TikTok numbers and the Instagram numbers. And like, you know, a couple of years ago, we'd be lucky to have like, you know, a thousand views on a video in a week. And now some stuff was getting viewed like 30,000, 40,000 times in a, in a day. um, We also like, we partnered with HN live this year. So I'm not sure uh, how much of their stuff you've seen, but like, that's like Dave Dawson, Peter Labardius, Calvin. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but like they took our production, which has been like unreal, to like another level. So like, you know, we're now we're now at a level where like, you know, it's conceivable that we could have like actual ads and like, you know, our our mantra's kind of always been like as a planning committee to like try and make this as close to an NHL experience for the kids as we can. And it's just been like nuts to see how quickly that's been elevated. And like, yeah, of course, I've I always bug you guys to come out and do a show there. But like Oilers Nation was out there this year, and like, you know, a couple of pods from like the states were were down and like yeah. gathering content. And um, and that's because it just gets like better and better every year. Like, you know, <laughs> of course we we focus on the stories like Bedard and Matthews and these kids that. Played in the tournament and they go on and have success, but like they're still outliers, right? Like, you know, there's even if there's five to 10 kids a year that play in the tournament that go on to the show, um, that's not what it's about for us. It's still like for us as the committee, it's like this is just like mind blowingly awesome hockey being played by nine and 10 year old kids, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that goes into like, you know, some people don't like it as much, some people uh, love it. I'm I'm a fan of watching the evolution of the game, right? Like, uh, it, you, if you go back to like Bell played in, uh, like one of the earlier years, like um, those guys, as good as they were, they're not firing a slap shot from the blue line, putting it off the crossbar and it going to the second floor of the mall, right? Like, and now it's like that's happening all the time, and like you're watching in the warmups, like. His kids are like watching like the z and like uh Pavel Barber like all those crazy Zorro moves that like yeah. you and I would like be in ho- be hospitalized if we even tried it like uh <laughs> we've like,
0: only tried those in our early ball hockey days or anything so
1: <laughs> I don't even know if I would have thought to try it, but like it's yeah. it's just fun to watch right like it's uh you know I've I've brought out a bunch of people a bunch of different sponsors and like they're always like how old are these kids <laughs> and uh But then yeah like this year we also benefited because like the the hype with bedard was like very real like this is like potentially a generational player um what he did at the world juniors is like no joke um and you know he ripped it up at the brick tournament like i vividly remember watching this guy like you can actually see me in some of the highlight clips because like i was still there i was probably like goal judging and like
0: yeah
1: um but yeah i just remember this like little dude like doing his thing like and that was like you know before him caulfield and zegras stood out but like it was nuts this year though there was two players on montreal um you might have heard about like liam tepp and uh percy fontaine yeah so both these boys like they played last year as underage players and fontaine actually made the all-star team last year as an underage player so this guy's, so he came back he went from being a second team all-star to a to a first-team All-Star and was a dominant, dominant, dominant player, probably the best player in the finals. There's a goal that's been on TSN, like, all the networks. That's him scoring the goal from Tep. Um, And then Tep, who played last year, and I think he had, like, four points in the tournament, comes back this year and, like, destroys the point record. Like, I think he doubled what Caulfield put up. And, you know, right on his heels was a guy from uh, Detroit. I'm going to forget his name now. But, like, honestly, if you watch this kid from Detroit, he looked like Corey Perry, like the way he skated. And, like, you almost, like, I remember the first time I saw him, I am like, oh, this guy doesn't look very good. And then the puck's on his stick and, like, under the bar water bottle into, like, the stands. And I'm like, oh. And then he proceeds to score, like, 20 goals. No assists. But, like, was right there with Tep. And so that's fun to watch and like people asked earlier they're like so is tep is like is tep or fontaine are they bona fide nhlers sure like if if nothing changes and they continue to work out and they continue to like hockey and um and eight years from now yeah but like they're 10 right (laughs) like fontaine could decide you know what i want to play basketball now you know, like Liam could decide that he doesn't like hockey anymore. Like a lot can happen. And like that whole part of it where it's like, like overhyping that like being at the brick tournament is like this pipeline, in the NHL, like that's not our thing. Yeah. Like that's like social media, but like for us, it's just, we're proud of the product we've built. We're proud of our franchise partners. We're proud of what it means like to the community at large to be like a brick franchise. And that's ultimately all we care about like it's uh uh it's just a lot of fun so yeah
0: no that's uh sweet it's uh you know i was a part of just being a fan when uh trevor ruptash and brody uh mcintyre's kids were playing i think the 2019 tournament i believe it might have been or maybe it was 20 um i think it was 19 i think when uh when they were playing in it but uh, uh it was just it was a fun tournament to kind of be there and just watch and you know, just kind of seeing some of the, the legends of the game too, you know, roaming around with like Martin St. Louis. And you know, I I even like I still say Manny maholtra's is a legend. Like he was he was down there watching his kid play too. And huh. yeah, so it's uh you know, you can see some of those people there too, and just everything that you guys uh put in. And um, you know, a, a guy that's pretty close to me too, Cole Dehanyak. You know, he, I think he's a part of the Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've known Cole a long time, so he's got two little boys uh, that might be able to play in that tournament at some point. They're uh, you got two 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 twin boys there. Um,
1: yeah, the, uh,
0: go ahead. Sorry, I, I
1: did. I wanted to give Aussie uh, McIntyre a quick plug again because yeah. like I I didn't know Brody. Like obviously I met him through the podcast, and I yeah just remember the name because like they still actually talk about like Aussie's effort like the same coaches like a couple years later. And like, I can remember watching them like, you know, just like a fire, like, like a fireball out there, like no quit. And like, I thought it was really cool. Like I think did, did Ozzy's brother play as well?
0: I believe so. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause they,
1: cause they, they do this awesome thing. Like, you know, and again, not this isn't because of the tournament, like franchises all do different things, but like, the brick coaches do like this thing with the alumni. So alumni players that have gone on to play in the dub and like Hamlin was there. Obviously he's playing the NHL. Um, A really cool one last year was like Jim Watt who played, you know, WHL and NCAA got to present his Jersey to his nephew who is now the goalie. But yeah, the McIntyres were there. And I just think that's cool. Like the culture and that they care and they want to pay it forward to the next generation of kids. So yeah, if he uh, if he hears this one, it's uh, he's held in high regard.
0: That's for sure. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll let, we'll definitely let him know. I think Brody, regardless if he's in interviews or not, I think he's still throwing this on the on the the vehicle on the on the drives to uh, to checking out his businesses and helping other people out too. So uh, no, definitely huge there. Um, all right, let's move to uh, our NHL report sponsored by Sheena Boychuk. Our NHL news and notes segment is brought to you by Sheena Boychuk. Yes, you heard that last name, right? That's Sheena Boychuk. As a licensed realtor, Sheena has you covered to buy and sell your home in this hot market. She also offers home consulting services to help you upgrade your living space. Check her website out at SheenaBoychuk.com and tell her the Two Months podcast sent you. Realty by Design, your design approach to real estate. We'd like to thank Sheena for jumping on. This is a new sponsor for us. We're very excited to have her join us here on this two months podcast journey. Some NHL stuff here, uh, Sonny, you're, uh, the Oilers uh, open the season. when this interview will drop, will be the day the Oilers open up their season. Um, and we'll get into maybe some other NHL stuff here before we let you go. But, uh, the here and now for the Oilers, uh, where are things at with them? Uh, you know, it's obviously a is it cup or bust? I guess is the question for you, Sonny. Well, I'm,
1: yeah, I mean, like it's getting close to that point. I mean, uh, I feel like as a fan, I think I've I've had that mentality like for like twenty four years. But like yeah. it's, uh, but yeah, this is probably as like real as it's as it's felt. Um, you know, they're. I just, I I don't really see any real reason why they couldn't do it. You know, like, um, again, I'm no analyst. I'm not, I've, I've watched the game a long time and um, I've seen who's won. And I've seen like, um, kind of like that that cycle of what it takes most teams to get there. Of course, you have outliers that like, just get hot at the right time. But, you know, you have they have the firepower um i think defensively they've improved uh you know there's probably going to be questions in that 4 to 6 range um i think the big 3 will have to play well um i think jack campbell looks like he looks like a totally different person already like um you know the first year settling into new market off to a shaky start like if if you just have him and uh, Skinner competing, like making it a tough decision on who gets to start, like I think that's a great problem, yeah. you know, having a true, true tandem uh, as you get to the playoffs and then you have the luxury of like, okay, ride the hot hand. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also like the Colorado's looks better. Uh, Dallas is still Dallas. Vegas is still Vegas. Uh, I'm not one of these guys that's like, terrified of LA I listened to your uh like people talking like I can't remember who thought they were going to win the, the the division um
0: I actually that was Phil Stockley so he's yeah yeah
1: like I I honestly like and again I what do I know but like I feel I actually feel like they they're worse on paper than they were last year right like not having uh like like the
0: goaltending question, question marks are real and like questionable now than it ever has been for them. Right. So, and Todd McCollett. Yeah. And then like,
1: and they gave up like a lot of like that gritty sandpaper. Like, like those are the teams that like teams like Edmonton struggle with, right? Like if, if LA's plan was to like load up to get into a track meet, like if that's what they think, like, you know, like, I, I don't know if you're, I don't, I don't know if there's a team that can play like run and gun track meet style hockey with the Oilers and beat them, right? <laughs> like, like the Oilers, you're going to beat the Oilers by like doing it the Vegas way, like slowing it down. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, they're, they're obviously someone there. And then in the East, like it's going to be the same, same teams that give uh go on those runs every year. I think Florida's probably a playoff team. I don't know if they have the magic like last year, I think like Tampa, like you can never count them out. And like, with Vasilevsky's surgery, like they'll probably milk that as long as possible. Like just give him a break and he'll come back. And just having a fresh, rested Vasilevsky is like a scary thought, you know? But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess all I'm saying is I can't find any other like internal excuses why why it couldn't happen right now, you know? Like um, Brown is a huge addition. You know, I I think you'll see steps from Holloway like that preseason again was was really strong. Um, But yeah, it's and, and, you know, I could be completely wrong and but I'm still going to hope and wish for that. (laughs) just that blind Oilers faith. But I don't know. What do you think?
0: I uh I definitely think they got two years. Um, but the way I'm seeing what Jack Campbell's doing, I know if anyone could say it's preseason, it's a small sample size, he's not playing against real NHL players, it's more AHL guys, but uh you know, he's I think he's looked really, really well and really good. And um, you know, I don't uh I, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens like the but we're recording this, uh, you know, Tuesday night and the St. Uh, the, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins lost four two the, you know, the, uh, the, I think the lightning one earlier today, and we're just seeing the banner go up in Vegas tonight. And so we don't know who's starting for the Oilers tomorrow, but we'll see when that tweet goes out of who goes in the starters net. I predicted it's going to be Jack Campbell. I told Bob Stoffer when he was on with us that I said it would be Jack Campbell, but he said it would be Stuart Skinner. So we'll see who's right and who's wrong in that aspect. But I, I, when we had Mike food on Mike food, said, there's 5 million reasons why Jack Campbell needs to start. And I think that's the best way you look at it and you go with that and you run with it. And, you know, I appreciate what Skinner did last year, but, and he will be the starting goaltender for this club for the foreseeable future. And that's another guy who, you know, and have a relationship with, I, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't, but, it, maybe there's really no clear starter because they can both go back and forth, and I think that's probably a good thing because you're not going to tire guys out, and you're not going to really designate one guy that's the the main starter versus non the main starter. So I, uh, you know, I I think they got uh, the recipe is there. We know they're going to add at the deadline, so we know what this team looks like now. But this team will be much different. It, you know, what the trade deadline, I think it's like March 1st, I believe, is when the trade deadline is going to be throughout the year. So we'll, we'll know that there will be uh, an upgrade in what they look like. And I, it's hard to kind of bet against it. I've said many times on this podcast that you superstars like Connor and Leon, generation players, win in the markets that they're drafted and developed in. And I would have a hard time believing that. Now, saying that, I you know, Vegas is pretty much the same team they were last year they'll probably be really, really good. Um, again, we'll see what they do if they can have a repeat performance in net. We know what they can do up front. They put Zach uh, Whitecloud on long-term LTI today, so that's different there. But Colorado has $8 million in cap space from like Gabriel Landeskog that they're able to kind of integrate into their lineup, and they got better. So if they can stay healthy, the, you know they're going to give the Oilers a run for their money because they have, uh, you know, uh, the top ten players in the league. They have three of them in Ratton and Ratnan, McKinnon and McCarr. Just like the others have two of the top players in the top ten, uh, in Connor and Leon. So when you have that recipe and that on your roster, you're often going to be on the right side of the puck and right side of the wins. But I, I have a hard time betting against them, you know. And so I think at some point they have to get there. And I think the fact that you know they lost to the last two teams that won the Stanley Cup kind of can, can bode well for them and maybe they're the team that gets over the hump and they win and I I definitely think they get to the Stanley Cup final whether they win it I don't know um, you know but I do think they get to a to a Stanley Cup final just like I would say at some point Toronto's got they got over the first round hump so are all these ads with now adding Noah Greger and you know uh, Ryan Reeves and Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi and John Klingberg are those the missing links that were, weren't in the organization before? And I don't think in Toronto's situation, Ilya Samsonov is going to be the goaltender to start the year. I don't think he's the goaltender that finishes the year as the starting goaltender. I think at some point Joseph Wall uh, takes over that position because he's he's progressed to do that in Toronto. But I think the Oilers are going to be a fun team to watch as they always are. I don't think much will change there, and it's just the fact that they if they can stay healthy, um, that will be huge for them just like any team you know when you're falling from behind the eight ball and you lose some top players it's gonna that blow is gonna be tough and I I agree with what you said with LA I, I still don't really want to bet them out but the biggest knock I had on Todd McClellan especially when he was here in Edmonton he had all these great teams in San Jose but he really couldn't get over that hump in the playoffs he was such a great regular season coach but when it came to playoff success he really never got them there and they did go to a Stanley Cup final San Jose against the Penguins, but he wasn't the coach of record with that team, you know, so that was that was Pete DeBoer that was there, I believe, that was the head coach. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of what happens if Todd McCullough can kind of get over that. You know, he sneakily had a one-year contract extension that was there for a while that the insiders missed. So it was kind of funny yeah. that they missed it. But anyways, yeah, is there anything else you want to rebuttal to that?
1: Well, just like, I think, like, I mean, the only other thing I'd say about Edmonton that just feels a little different is like uh you know you hear the the media talking about how like i don't know if it's like the at home effect or like the fact that like you know a lot of these guys are have kids now but like just the approach at least to someone like me that only sees this through uh the media looks different like it looks like they're they're in town earlier like they're coming here like they still have that bad taste in their mouth like it's still like that visceral feeling of like, like two years in a row, we lost the team that won the cup. And like, it just, you know, it it feels like everyone is here on a mission. And like Stoffer made the comment about like, uh, McDavid's leadership. And like, you know, it's again, I, it's just, it's not, I don't know if it's cup or bust, but it's the here and now that's for sure. It's, um, but, uh, Yeah, Toronto's gonna be a good team too. Like those, I like those sandpaper type guys. I like Bertuzzi and Domi. I would have liked, uh, would have loved to have one of those guys in Edmonton,
0: but they're fun to watch. Yeah, I, I I still think at some point in the year Nick Deloria ends up on the Oilers roster. I'll keep saying that. I think at some point the Oilers go get him from Philadelphia. Um, Maybe they got to pay a little bit more of a price, but uh, he's a good penalty killer and not saying maybe the others you know it doesn't hurt to have more great guys on your pk but he's more than just the guy that can go out there and fight he he can actually play in the game and I would, uh, that's a guy that I would definitely highly target if I, if I can, he's only a $1.5 million, $1.4 million cap it. So it's very low. Um, so, you know, I think at some point going into the playoffs, you're going to need some, some kind of toughness like that. Cause I think that's maybe one thing that they kind of lack on the, on the forward end. And, you know, Ekholm has been a huge difference there. Um, all right, so let's finish up on this, Sonny. I don't know is there's anything else you want to plug there um with the Oilers and, uh, and around the NHL.
1: Oh, I think uh I leave that to to, to you guys and uh yeah. and the, the experts. Yeah. I just, you know, I could be I could be Expert. on any show and say they're going to win they're yeah. going to win the cup. So yeah. that's yeah. Uh, I,
0: I think it's yeah. I think it's it's, it's in the future. And I think it's, you know, it, I, I feel like it has to be this year, but i also being like, well, it's two years because, you know, Leon's contract too. Right. So, um, you know, if, unless there's something crazy happens throughout the regular season or, you know, uh, a bad exit early in the playoffs, that, could uh definitely change the the narrative of the conversation and obviously we'll see because leon leon dry up for a contract as of july 1st so we'll see if he resigns on that day or if uh he waits uh, and plays another full year in edmonton before he wants to resign and see how things play out that way kind of like william nylander's doing and obviously two different type of players obviously you know drives the mm-hmm. like the best player in the league and you know Neil maybe in the in the twenties or thirties, maybe even the forties for some people. But um, um, you know, we wanted to kind of talk about uh, you know, Anthony Stewart's a good friend of ours. Um, you know, and all these people we pretty much have had on, except anyone from the hockey diversity alliance. But we know what uh, you know, Arjun is doing with with his program. Uh uh, you know, is it, is it zero? Is it sorry, um zero easy one hockey easy one hockey yes so uh, i apologize with that um you know so and then obviously uh apna hockey um you know the hockey equality anthony stewart has uh all these programs uh you know they do have their their ways and their you know great ways doing it and i know uh you know some people have been a little bit more vocal on kind of what is happening inside the uh the realm of the hockey diversity alliance and you know Evander came parting ways with them um and, you know and Evander's doing great things in in this community that we live here in Edmonton so he's kind of doing his own way but um you know where where are you at with all these programs and how they're helping the game but is there is there is there some concern that maybe some of them are taking a few steps back and maybe more the hockey diversity alliance because you know some of the outspoken things that they've been outspoken on it seems like they're not pressing play on more of the positive conversations and that's not trying to, you know, jam them up. It's that's a consensus around the national hockey league and people we've had on the podcast. Some people you and I know directly too, that feel similar into that way. But um, where are you at with, um, you know, growing the game? Yeah.
1: Um, Like, I think all of those, like all of those uh, organizations have like very hard, very thankless work. that they're doing like tying this all the way back to the first thing we talked about, like, because like there has been a lack of progress and change in the game for, you know, the hundred, over a hundred years it's been played. Right. So, um, you know it, it I thought it was a bit surprising when like, what those, when those comments came out from Kane, like, and I remember like, uh, and this is a little while ago and like, like just the back and forth. And I was just like, I felt bad for both organizations. Cause it's like, you know you're publicly airing it like you know in that case it was like i would have you know you'd want to see something handled behind closed doors but i i don't know what the situation was but i just you know i feel for them and i feel for the people that they're like trying to you know elevate and help um but i like i said like they're doing really important work and uh that goes the same for lully and Dampy and uh Arjun, right like um you know i i was i listened to a podcast the other day and uh dampy mentioned like how he had uh like 50 reports of like racism and like that was in calgary alone so like you know it's not a surprising number but like those are things that you know these that's why these things exist and you know they're trying to get rid of them and um so i give them like all the credit in the world for what they're trying to do and uh you know launching actual like grassroots programs where they're getting kids onto the ice um and kind of you know educating them on like you know what to do in those scenarios and like you know we're where and how to have a voice and um educating parents you know i think i i said years years and years and years ago and i think when my brother-in-law was on the the pod you know i was never a player i mean maybe clay would look differently at one point i was never a player that's like gonna be looked at as going oh this guy's one of the nhl but like i was probably good enough to you know play junior a you know get a scholarship i did pretty well in school yeah. but I, re- I remember that d- discussion with my dad who's came to canada in 1974 and was like well if you're not gonna make the nhl why are you playing hockey and i'm like that's a good point yeah and so y- you stop and so I commend them for having those conversations, like um, with a specific to hockey and AZ1 hockey with like uh, a segment of the population who puts a really large emphasis on academia. So they're like having those tough conversations saying, like, look, like <laughs> like Arjun is a perfect example. He's at U of C right now, getting an education. Playing for the dinos, right? Like there is a pathway to use the game that someone loves to benefit your your outcome, regardless of whether it's in hockey or not. Like um, my brother-in-law was on the show with us and, you know, there's a guy that played AJHL, East, uh, NCAA, played CIS and, you know, makes a lot of money now working in oil and gas because he used every possible pathway hockey afforded him to get his, his education, um, so those agencies, like I said, it's <laughs> thankless work. Um, you know, there's obviously some sort of internal squabbling, like people will always have different outlooks on how things should be done, but you know, it's important right now, but I, I've said this before too. And like, I don't mean this in like, uh, hostile, like derogatory, like I'm not trying to take away from Arjun's work or, you know, Anthony Stewart's work, but like, If you asked me like what my like what a career goal would be, you know, I'm 37 right now. I'd love to look back in like the 80s and be like, none of those programs are around anymore because they don't need to be around. Yeah. Like they they exist right now because they need to be, because there is inequity in the game and there is racism within the game. And maybe that's a totally idealistic outlook, but like that's what you that's what I think that you would strive for. And I think all of them would love to live in a world where they're they are no longer needed but like in the meantime I give them full marks cuz like you know it's it, it'd be tough right like it's it's thankless they're not getting paid like they're they're just doing this to try and help um but yeah yeah good like that, i think that's no, kind I of all i have that- on it
0: yeah i definitely think it's you know it's 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 a hard it's a hard job because it's you know having difficult conversations and tough conversations and i do think the Vander king thing was just weird i you know maybe a uh, learning lesson in that situation of how you know the release those re- statements were released and and all that the one thing i just didn't like with hda was that you know he still needs to show that you know he's working in the community and doing all that it's like it's nothing he's like the second he came to Edmonton, he said, he said, don't judge me now. He, you know, he said, give me some time. And all he's done with his time here is give back. And it's not just with one person. It's multiple people. It's multiple programs, you know? And, um, you know, I just, I think it was kind of, that was kind of tough. That was a shot, uh, you know and 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 whatnot and i know you know Akimalu has this situation with with bill peters and, and whatnot but uh you know to kind of go at the nhl for hda to try to get money but you know kim davis is doing a pretty good job with what they're doing and you know if i know pk suban's a part of that and Nancy Carter's a part of that the nhl has their own hockey diversity a you know inclusion program and you know mark frazier former oiler is doing a great job with the toronto maple Leafs. so there are programs throughout the league and organizations have their programs you know and it's just branching out and obviously yeah like it like a dampy bar and and you know he won the you know the willie reeve award right and during the sure. during the COVID, so he got recognized for the great work he's doing and so you know it's you know and great it's a great program that they have and you know there's there's definitely a lot of work that goes to it and i know anthony stewart's you know been you know climbing for a lot of this for such a long time because the cost of ice and the gear is, is a lot but uh you know i know he's very near it's very passionate to him too and uh you know and AZZ won one hockey with you know with with Arjun there and you know him using his platform to kind of give back and the great player he is in his hockey career is is pretty sweet and yeah, we'll see. You know, I know that, you know, uh Wayne Simmons and Nazem Kadri and, you know, Anthony DeClaire and Matthew Dumba, they're a part of that with Hakim Alou at the Hockey Diversity Alliance. So, you know, I, you know, I still think they're doing good things, but maybe it's just a different message um throughout. But um
1: yeah. yeah, like that's all I would like my like last thought on it would be like I think that that like was like a blip, you know, like that uh, at least You know, you and I are never going to see inside those meetings, those walls. Maybe there's more to it, but like, you know, for all intents and purposes, I just take that as like, you know, a blip on the road, but like not to take away from the work that all of those people are doing, because it, it is fantastic. And like, even, you know, even the stuff, like you said, Evander's doing great stuff here. And I think they've, everyone you've mentioned has done really good stuff and more is to come, like just not to get bogged down
0: by like those little Little, distractions, you know? Yeah. And that's easy to do in this world. It's hundred percent. You can get so caught up in it, but the rewards of being doing good things is goes a far way too. So, uh, you know, and and let's, let's keep pressing play and looking forward to those positive conversations, the positive impacts, the smiles on the kids' faces um, and all that stuff. So it's definitely means a lot. So, uh, we'll finish up on that, Sonny. I know we went over our kind of hour window that we thought we were going to have here, but... Uh, all good, my man. Um, anything else you want to plug before we sign out? Um, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Do you have Instagram? Uh, and all I that have. Stuff? But do I, I? was trying to... like,
1: Yeah, I think... I don't actually know what my Twitter handle is anymore. It's, but uh, yeah, Instagram so, is like the one I use the most. Okay. So, I've, so it's S-O-N-N-Y-Y. S-E-K-H-O-N. Yeah, that's like where I'm posting like free play stuff, brick stuff. Easy to find me there. Uh, If I am on Instagram, it's Sunzy Man. uh, S-O-N-Z-I-E-M. Four A's and an N. But I don't actually know if I have Twitter anymore. I haven't thought of it in a while uh, but Instagram is your best bet to get me. Okay,
0: perfect. We'll tag you in it, uh, when this interview drops and we'll tag, uh, your, uh, all the other great things you're doing too. So, um, appreciate everyone for, uh, you know, joining in on this conversation today and, uh, you know, hopefully the feedback is good. I know sometimes it's a tough conversations, but, uh, you know, there's empathy and compassion showed on a lot of fronts and I just, uh, sometimes you just got to take a pause and you know feel the impact that you know some uh as these tough conversations with the nhl is doing and in other ways they're uh you know let's look at uh you know the empathy compassion where some people might be hurt by it so just offering that support and that love um in anything in life you know of anything that's going on so um continued success to you sonny and the great things you're doing and uh we'll look forward to, to having you on again and uh We'll see what this uh, this new season of the Oilers and everyone else goes goes for, and uh, all the best to all the people you're connected with too.
1: Thanks, my man. Same to you. Thanks for having me.